Bitcoin Consciousness Podcast. This episode is about upcoming momentum meditations that uh, I, as Sama Kataro, will be offering. So, to give you more information about this, I have invited Caleb to the show. Uh, Caleb has been working with me for a while, and he's part of the men's group for spiritual Bitcoiners. So, he has experience and can give some inside info how it is to do this kind of meditations. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Can you start with uh, telling us about your experiences with uh, meditation in the past, how you got into it, how long you've been doing it? And you can also say uh, something about how you got into Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for as long as I can remember, um, I've always kind of viewed life and any problem or anything that I wanted to achieve as um, there was really nothing that I couldn't achieve or fix or solve um, without thinking through it. I was always, I've always been a pretty critical thinker and I got into really the self-improvement or self-growth journey when I read a book called uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It, uh, it really opened my mind into um, all of the possibilities in, in this world. And I think that it probably would, I would equate it to maybe like the kind of an orange pill as far as if you relate it back to um, your recent writing, the, the three pills. And um, so that sort of really opened my mind to, it kind of made me feel like, yeah, there's really nothing that I can't do. And um, from there, I started to uh, kind of get into meditating because that was an opportunity for me to think about whatever it was, whatever those problems were that I wanted to solve or whatever it was that I was trying to achieve in my life at that point, you know, that was my opportunity to sit and think through those things. And then from there, um, you know, I experimented with a lot of guided meditations, um, stuff like that on, on YouTube and which is, I think a lot of people have experience with. And, um, I also sort of branched out into a couple other different, a couple of different spiritual practices. Um, one of which is called Reiki and the other uh, was called or is called the law of attraction. And while both of these have some truths to them and um, they had their place in my spiritual journey, it uh, ultimately led me to working with you. And um, surprisingly, you know, or I guess really not surprisingly, because every step along this journey has been, there's been growth and there's been change and there's been new experiences um, so, you know, coming into working with you, it's been sort of a level up from, from all that, that I've been through in the past. And, um, I think the number one thing that I can say that I owe that all to is an open mind. Um, you know, if I really look back at most of my most rewarding life experiences up to this point in my life, I owe it all to having an open mind. And um, that's what really brought me into Bitcoin. I listened to 
a book called um, Atlas Shrugged. And that sort of opened my mind to this concept of what money is and um, kind of gave me this new perspective about this concept of value exchange and the idea that we can, we're really just bartering in the end. And what we've developed is a universal medium of exchange. And so through that, my mind and my open-mindedness, I kind of developed uh, this interest in Bitcoin. And, and similar to, I think a lot of men my age, uh, I had a, a child in right around the time that I was kind of discovering Bitcoin and really going down the rabbit hole. And it really made me think about it from the perspective of what our current society and what our current system is doing for the future of my children, for the future of my grandchildren. And um, this is an opportunity to build something even better for him and for them. So and then these two really started to collide when I uh, stumbled across you, Selma. It was um, your Twitter profile. I'd seen that you do work with Bitcoin and consciousness. And um, I've got a lot of interest in the philosophical takes around Bitcoin, sort of that thinking kind of uh, really highly logic, that high logical sort of work through. And the, like the podcast that um, like Robert Breedlove has, and a lot of the takes from Michael Saylor and John Vallis, I mean, and Jordan Peterson, all these, all of these guys have some very uh, kind of objective takes on life and Bitcoin and money. And so it was sort of this convergence uh, that led me down this spiritual Bitcoin kind of path. It's um it's pretty cool how it all happened. So a long answer to your short question there. Yeah, great, great. For this momentum meditation. So we have been doing these group meditations part of the men's group now. Yeah. And uh, what could you say has been any differences in the meditations, group meditations we have done there compared to traditional guided meditations? So I would say the biggest difference, uh, high level between working, you know, kind of working with you and learning from you, uh, whether that be in an individual session or in a group session, is that the the meditations that I had been doing in the past, which was highly engaging to my logical mind, a lot of times it wasn't always. Um, these are opportunities to connect with a part of myself that um, I haven't really understood or connected with since I was a, a boy. It's really the part of yourself. It's really the part of myself that is my life force and um, my inner self, as we call it. And the difference between doing like a guided meditation uh, with you versus it's not really a guided, I guess. Um, you're not really guiding it, but it, our, our inner beings are guiding it. Whereas like on YouTube, you know, you have somebody who is telling you, okay, here's what to, here's what to think, or here's what to imagine this sort of thing. And there's, um, 
there's kind of a level of that to get started, but to get in a right mindset. But then what sort of happens magically as we get into the, the actual meditation is the, our thoughts, our conversations just sort of flow because we're connected with ourselves on a, we sort of activated ourselves on a higher frequency and we're accessing thoughts and ideas and emotions that we don't on a day-to-day basis as we're walking around or working or, you know, even, I don't know, doing the dishes or something like that. It's just a different, different connection. So, um, you know, in the group setting, we're, uh, we're kind of connecting with one another and the group meditation started as we, as we kind of got to know each other, it started with some guidelines to kind of help us move forward. You know, there was somewhat of expectations, you know, everybody, each man has a chance to share and then each, you know, maybe two guys will have some time to give some feedback on this. And then what ended up happening in our last group session um, was that whole model sort of became, became shattered. And whereas I think we would have in the beginning been like, Oh no, somebody's talking out of turn. You know, this isn't okay. This isn't what the, the expectation that Sama sort of enlisted for us at the beginning, we just went with it and we were fine with it. We didn't judge it. Um, we're just like, yeah, this is great. We just loved it for what it was. And, um, you know, so we, it's been a, the group meditation has sort of taught us to flow with one another as a group and just let the conversation be, be as it is. And, um, if I was going to set any expectation for it, that would be what it is just to let it be what it is. Let the moment be perfect and just let it flow. So, um, it's been, it really has been a, an awesome journey for sure. Maybe for, for new listeners, that like what makes it different is that we connect to really our intuitive mind or self and we will talk more about this later but it's actually that we meet in our spirit bodies uh, and this is what makes the difference so traditional guided meditations is just it's just someone write down a few things and then say them so focus on this focus on this or do like this visualize this while here it's basically we're coming in where maybe not all of us but some of us we can sense everybody else's energy body and we sort of connect on that level so we connect we feel our own uh, energy body and then feel sort of as the meditation goes on we we feel also the others and the physical experience of sitting alone in a room somewhere in the world is then merged with this feeling of actually being together with these other beings. So that's sort of the, the difference compared to a traditional mind-based 
well, does that make sense, Caleb? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, um, you know, I will say that I think for, for somebody who is coming from the, the background of doing a lot of guided meditations in the past, you know, I, um, I've sort of had to let <clears throat> a lot of those expectations go and kind of start anew. And I'm still working on this for sure. So when we talk about connecting with other people and feeling the other, the other men in the room, I think these are things that I myself and we all have, we all have these abilities and we all are intuitive and we can all feel one another and just depending on, on kind of what you have going on in your life and what you've sort of built up the layering so far in your life, you may not be able to may or may not be able to sense them. And for me, I think what I'm coming to realize is that when we do get into these meditations, I've always been able to sense the connection with other people and particularly the men in the group, but it hasn't, it hasn't been until recently where I've sort of really come to understand what this feels like that I've actually begun to notice it. You know, um, I had a, I had a moment during one of the meditations with the beginning section where we sort of get centered and kind of get aligned with one another, where I had a, I had a strong scent of fresh cut grass in my nose. And I, when I, I messaged, I messaged Sama or the group about it afterwards. And I said, you know, that was the first time that that has ever happened to me. And then I realized it's probably not the first time it's ever happened to me as much as it's the first time that I've been able to notice it, that I've been able to really get in tune with these natural things, these natural, um, this natural intuition and like kind of sixth sense that we're all born with. Yeah. In the momentum meditations that we start here in, in June, uh, the yeah. idea is that we will have guided meditation uh, for about one half an hour. And then afterwards, it's optional to stay behind and maybe ask a question or maybe share some experience or maybe share something happening in the life. Um, and, and this is sort of similar to if we had a meditation class in real life we will sort of hang out afterwards and discuss things. So this is also going to happen then online here. So last question for you, Caleb. Um, could you talk about your experience, how these conversations were? Because then you're in this deep state of meditation and mm -hmm. you're communicating with others. How, how has this been for you? Yeah. So at the beginning, when we first kind of started these group sessions, we, it started out to me. And I think we, we actually recently had a conversation about this in the group. I think in our last session, we, um, it started out with me as like, I felt like I had to say the right thing or, you know, commit the right behavior. Dude, there's just, there's a right way to do the, do things. There's a right thing to say. I can't, you know, uh, I can do this. I can't do this. There was just, I just felt like I was constrained much of like the rest of my life. But as we 
sort of practice and are able to focus our energies to connect with our higher selves, we've been able to let that conversation just kind of flow from the heart and whatever, whatever kind of comes up just comes up and, and anybody kind of just jumps in as, as they, as they feel. And so, and I don't want to place expectations on anybody or for anybody that might be joining the momentum meditations, but, you know, as you kind of gain confidence in yourself and confidence in this process, you'll feel that sort of natural flow. Um, just as an example, like I was one of my shares a couple of sessions ago, I was sharing something that was going on in my life and getting some feedback on it. And one of the, one of the men in the group was giving me some feedback and I could feel there was one word that sort of immediately was like, Oh, I just felt this like rush of love and all of these thoughts around it. I was like, Oh, okay. So this is, this is what this feels like, you know, it's just because what, what's happening is we're connected on a higher level. And because, because we are, when he translates what, um, what he's thinking into English language, and then I hear it, but we're both on that higher frequency. It sort of like ignites another something in me. Then I translate that back to him. And, um, at least that's the way that I experience it. And, um, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. So, um, and I would, and I always want to put kind of a caveat too, is like, it's important to not go in with those, with expectations because not everybody has even meditated really before in their life. Um, and everybody has their own truth and everybody has their own unique path. So it's not necessarily that you should go in expecting this to happen or some, your life to change in immediately in the first session. Um, but instead just, just let it be, just let it be what it is. And eventually you will come to experience similar things to, to my story. And, um, it's not going to be exactly the same or really probably even the same at all. It's going to be totally unique to you and you have to be open to that. So, yeah, well explained. And maybe I can just add that it's like your usual patterns of communicating in a group or sort of amplified like if you're usually taking a, a little bit like a distant role then you will feel very distant you're like why why am i I'm not talking because everything is sort of amplified in that environment because everything is allowed and it's no structure or anything you can't really hold on to anything so your usual strategies how to handle conversations and if you're talking too much or too little, everything comes up in those uh, conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that in depth in the last in the last session about how you know I think somebody it was one of the first sessions or it was maybe the first group session where we kind of broke that mold that we broke that kind of expectation of one person share two feedback or you know, each person's allotted just kind of a rough amount of time type of thing. And, the, and his immediate, he explained to us that it made him really uncomfortable because, and as, as it did any, all of us, I think, I think we all kind of identified with that. We're like, Oh, well, he's, he's speaking out of turn right now, but then we sort of, we noticed it, we let it go. And we're like, and it was also encouraging 
to hear that he felt it too. Like he's, you know, he, here he is, he's, he's speaking out of turn, you know, he's, he's doing something that's outside of the norm. And, um, and, you know, he, he wasn't comfortable doing that. And we, we all identified with that. And just on the other hand, there, there are men in the group who, who are also feeling this immense pressure. That's like, Oh no, I, I have, you know, I have to speak in, in this, uh, I've got, I have to speak in this session and I have to share something. What am I going to share? You know, they're all, we're, we all trying to feel this, this pressure to say, to share something and have a turn to speak. And then it's, um, but eventually we're able to break through that and it's, uh, it's really freeing. Yeah. But this part also will be optional. So, yeah. So anyone is free to log out after the meditation and just continue on their own in their space. So, so now my plan is that you will switch here. So sure. Caleb, you will ask me some questions. So, so we get some more information about how it works or something like that. You thought of yeah. some questions, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I've kind of geared these toward, you know, anybody who has, if you haven't been in meditations before, I've done, have not done meditations before, you know, from the practical sense, which I think a lot of Bitcoiners are, um, you know, don't trust verify type of attitude. So I'm trying to kind of approach some of these questions from a, from their perspective a little bit. So my first question is what do these meditations actually look like? And this is from, you know, how often, how long are they and how are we connecting with one another practically like what medium are we using and uh, how are they structured okay i wanted to keep it really flexible uh, so i have three times per week but you can sign up for one time or two times or all three times depending on what you want from from this project so that was how many times per week so it's sunday wednesday and friday Okay, and then I will use I will use Telegram group uh, because they also have a recording mechanism, so I can record and then I can upload. So in case someone uh, misses one meditation, they can do it. They can do the recording afterwards, and then yeah, thirty minutes long, and it's three weeks long. So three weeks long and three times per week and thirty minutes. For each session, so it's thirty minutes meditation, and then then it's uh, some some conversation afterwards. Was that all the questions you asked, right? Yep, yep. You uh, you answered them. So it's not it's not a big t- uh, it's not a big time commitment for everybody. Although I w- I will probably add that once you start doing this, you're probably going to want to spend more time meditating. A lot of times when I'm in these sort of states of flow, I want to keep, keep in them. So I will, um, I'll also allot some extra time outside, outside of the meditation to sort of meditate on my own. So that's awesome. Um, and now we're going to get a little bit more into the kind of this, the spiritual realm of things a little bit. So the non-physical, non-practical stuff, the, um, what are the meditations? What would you say they're designed to achieve for the participant? Yeah, so if you look at the name, that momentum meditation, and this is to keep momentum because 
if you are on a spiritual path and we have obstacles coming our way, so we, every day we have different challenges that we need to sort out. And the higher frequency we have, the easier it is to sort them out and to figure out how to move forward with things. So for spiritual people in general, it's like the higher frequency you can have, the easier it is to move through this spiritual process, like called detox. So detox of old programs, like old programs from the childhood, from the, from the jobs, from the marriage, and so on. So on. So detoxing this, and so we become to a state of freedom where we're not having these programs dictating our behaviors. So you probably have some more questions about detoxing. So maybe it's just the momentum thing is that once you get, when you get into this starting to reprogram your programs, then you probably quite soon will notice that it, will, it goes much easier if you're on a higher frequency, if you're centered in your energy body. Like if you're off-centered, then everything will be like limping and you will have more difficult. So challenges coming to you will be more difficult to, to figure out. You can't see really so clearly what's, what's, what's happening. So this is uh, why having this momentum meditation one time per week, two times per week, or three times per week, it's just helping people to come into their center and feel more clarity, knowing what to do and not being so, so caught up in these different programs. So it's like, you're almost like you, you, you get to like a zero point where, where no programs are active. And then it's much easier. So when the, ne the next program activates, you, you don't already have eight programs running. And so it's just like a ninth one and it's just too much. So it's like you go out, you go like offline or, or you see the programs from a distance. Yeah, I hope that was uh, a good explanation. Yeah, it, it makes perfect, perfect sense to me. Um, from, what, from what you're describing, it sounds like kind of the, the ideal participant for people in this momentum meditation. They are people who have been working at, at, on their own spiritual growth path already. Is that, is that correct? It doesn't necessarily have to be like that. It could be someone just want to try it. I mean, it's, you could take like one time per week, just if it's something that sounds interesting. And uh, that's perfectly fine. You can actually see it as a normal guided meditation in a group, in a group setting with our other Bitcoiners. That's, that's also perfectly fine. Uh, maybe you don't feel, or maybe you don't even believe in, in energy bodies, but you just want to sort of uh, learn how to meditate. So it, it, it doesn't contradict uh, from traditional meditation. Still, I will still say, I will still give instructions that will help you to, to figure out how to meditate normally perfect yeah that sounds great um so my other question and this is this is again this is a little bit deeper but 
And I think we kind of covered this when we talked about men's group, but um, how do these meditations work on a non-physical level? Yeah, so on frequency level or soul level or whatever you want to call it, or like in the spiritual world. So, so as I experience the world is you have a physical body and then you have an energy body in sort of a spiritual world where, where everything is frequencies. So you can learn how to move between these. You can have the physical world and then you can move to the spiritual world. So in the meditations then, for me, at least I, I have my physical body in the physical world. And then when we're going to meditation, then I connect more with my intuitive uh, experience. And then I experience the energy bodies of the participants coming into the room so I can see or feel or sense or hear um, what's going on. Sort of where we are, how how is the feeling? Uh, or what what do we need to sort of release today, or or should we what should we focus on today? Things like this, and then we go into this journey together. When I say things in the physical world in the microphone, and then you focus on things on your physical body, then the setup or the, your energy bodies change. So it's like every meditation has this goal of everyone being centered and balanced in their energy bodies. So it's like every meditation is like uh, how to get there today. Like what, what is missing? What is too amplified? What is standing in the way? What is blocking us? what is blocking, blocking people. So that's the guided uh, steps or for everyone to, to reach this zero point where, where we are not, where the, where the thoughts become soft so we can feel this stillness like between the programs. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the detox phase. Can you describe what that is a little bit more? Yeah, maybe first describing what detox phase is not. So, so when we come into life, we get all these programs into us from teachers, parents, friends, celebrities, news, uh, government, schools, blah, 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 blah. and then we're then we're sort of twenty years old or something like that when we come out in society, and then we have all of these programs, and we think we know how the world works because we have been told how the world works. So that's our like basic settings. Uh, and, and some people like to stay like that, but many people then start to read books like Think and Grow Rich that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we say, oh, we can do more. We can do more. So how can I enhance myself? So we start uh, meeting up with others who want to become better. And we start habits, we start success habits, we do things to become better. And that sort of personal development, that's when we add things onto us because we want to reach a goal. 
have more money or really want to have a girlfriend or more friends or I don't know what we need. We need many things, so we add on things. We become more nice so that girls will like us. We become more generous so that uh, friends will like us. And we become tough so the employers will like us in the workplace, so on. So that's all the time when we add programs on top of the old programs. So this is very good because it works. Uh, so we then can reach our goals. We get the girlfriend, we get the money, we get the career, get the friend. But then some of us come to this point when we reach our goals and then ask, what now? What now? What is it more? What's the meaning of life beyond uh, uh, these goals that we were taught that were the goal of life? So that's when we come into the more like spiritual areas and people start thinking maybe about the soul. Uh, who am I really behind all the programs and so on? And that's the beginning of what I call the detox phase because instead of adding things on top, we instead want to find out who we are behind the program. So we start mm -hmm. trying to get rid of the programs. So we stop with the habits. Maybe we stop with these habits and because we already have the money or the girls. So we always stop with those habits and then we're like, oh, what do I want to do? What, what do I really want to do? Like, what's my real passion Like without earning the money? And then when we realize that I need to get rid of all these programs, to be able to come into the core of who I am. And so we get rid of the success habits. And then we start coming into like the childhood stuff. Oh, it's because my father was like that. Now I'm like that. So it's, oh, it's a program. I act like this. And then you realize it's not really me. It's just, I just do this to make my father happy or to make my father proud of me. And so then we need to detox. We need to reboot the system and it's a special way of of doing this it's like the middle way so you have on one way you have when you avoid something so you don't want to do it so you sort of push it away and you do something else so you're avoiding the program you don't you don't really delete it you don't really get it out of the system you just avoid it and then the other option on this code, the other way, you, you act it out. And you say, okay, I will do this program. So you do this program, you do this program. So none of these two options actually remove the program from your system. So the middle way then is to not push it away and to not act on it. And that's the detox way. So this means you come into a situation, like we said before, with the conversation after meditation. And you feel this pattern, you feel this program. Oh, I should be doing this. You know, you feel like you need to follow your pattern. But rather than following the pattern, because you see through it, you don't want to do it anymore. You just observe it and you don't push it away. And then you just sit with it for five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe the whole conversation. And that, it's, that's the hard part, that's, it's tough. It's, it's not so easy all the time because you're so used to acting on it or you're so used to pushing it away. So, and this is what I mean, that that's, this is why you need the momentum 
to be able to go that middle way. And that's the detox way. And if you keep going that detox way, you will just delete program by program by program by program. And for every program you delete, you become more your true self. Like you get new hobbies, you get new passions that were sort of buried from your childhood or whatever like that. I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, that was um, that was very good. Yeah, I think this concept of programming and um, and layering is one that relates really well for Bitcoiners. If you can kind of imagine that our current system, the fiat system, is one that's not based on the truth that is nature. Uh, every layer that kind of gets built on top of it is one that's just more likely to crumble, one that's more, a little bit more likely to teeter. And so I can relate to this when you say that when you sort of force yourself into these kind of self-improvement programs and things like this, that when you get to the end of them, you realize that this really isn't, I mean, this is what I wanted, but it wasn't what I wanted because I'm not happy. I think that will be a very relatable to a, to a lot of Bitcoiners because as they come into this whole new perspective and mindset of how our society operates and what money is, you know, they kind of themselves are sorting to start to feel lost. They're like, what have I been doing my whole life? What have I been working for my whole life to retire, you know, to get old and do nothing and, you know, socking money, socking my time and energy away into something that just melts away before me. I mean, this is, this is what, how is this life, you know? And um, this has a profound effect on to use a term that you use on our bio robots, you know, we, we program these things to, to live on this planet and we can truly program, program them to do anything. And um, that includes unprogramming in that process that you were describing, which is simply observation. It's simply allowing the universe, allowing life to just kind of heal itself. And um, that's a, extremely natural process we see it everywhere so um i think yeah for I, bitcoiners that uh, it can be if you see bitcoin versus the fiat system right and we see mm -hmm. it, it, it's on display and we see this battle and we know who's the good guy who's the bad guy and and you can take if you take that personally in yourself it's like your true self it's like bitcoin while you, all your programs the ego, you know, your collection of beliefs and, and stuff like this. That's the fiat system within you. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like a mirror. So Bitcoin is this, it's like the higher self of humanity. Right. And then inside out, we have our higher self. And then it's just the programs that we are so used to. The same as all these politicians, you know, they are completely addicted to their money printer and and all these rules and control and the same very same process is happening inside every person and then we have the choice do we want to be on the fiat side in our consciousness do we want to hold on to all this old crap that is not working anyway 
Or do we want to just surrender to our own inner Bitcoin? Okay, so for people who want to learn a little bit more about kind of what we're talking about outside, maybe outside of the momentum meditations, but the um, some of the work that you do, where where would they go? Yeah, I have three articles I've written for the Citadel 21. And then I have also my blog, which is on Substack, and it's also in my newsletter. Uh, so, and then uh, this podcast, obviously. And then I have a website of a tour, if anyone wants to check out that. That's awesome. me. Perfect. And... Um... And then you also wrote kind of a kind of a white paper for this momentum meditation program. Where can they get that? Uh, that will go on the blog Substack, uh, so it will go out as a newsletter. And then finally, how does somebody, if they have any questions or comments, how do they contact you? Yeah, for now, it's the best way to just send me an email: summer.kataro mm-hmm. at protonmail.com. Or reach out on Twitter. Yeah, well, thank you for doing this. I think this was a great conversation. And to any Bitcoiners who are problem, who may be new to this, I would highly recommend just uh, the same reason that you got into Bitcoin, which is keeping an open mind and trying it out. So, oh, yeah. And thank you, Caleb, for coming on. So it was nice that I didn't have to sit here and talk by myself. It's more <laughs> enjoyable as a conversation like this. Yeah, I have, I know personally I have an easier time listening to people converse versus, you know, a presentation or, a, you know, so, something along those lines. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's it.